I'm Haley Oaks, and this is Milk Trails. A journey in the out-of-hospital birth experience. Erica Mock knew she wanted a home birth as soon as she found out she was pregnant. Her past experience using alternative modalities helped her trust her body to have the birth she wanted. However, there was more work to be done to prepare her mind for the unexpected and unknown. So of course, Erica's labor started with her water breaking, something she had not anticipated, and is actually quite uncommon contrary to popular belief. And on a side note, Erica started an incredibly delicious organic prepared meal service, specifically designed for prenatal and postpartum mothers. Check out 25-8, nurturing mothers 24-7 so they can be mothers 25-8. So prior to having children, what was your idea and perception around childbirth? What, were, what did you know growing up? What did you know about your birth when you were younger? I did. Um, you know, until I met my husband, I was convinced I was never going to have children. Really? Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? Uh, my mom told me when I was like 10, I told her that. Wow. Yeah, I don't remember like that. Like you couldn't have them or you just wouldn't? I wouldn't. Interesting. I didn't want them. Interesting. I know. Were you someone who? What did what did you what did you want instead? Or horses? Horses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My mm-hmm. big fur babies. Mm-hmm. They take a lot of time and energy mm-hmm. to care for, and a lot of you know it just takes up a lot of your time. So wow. I was like, well, I couldn't have my horses and a baby at the same time, so I'll just have my horses. Uh huh. <laughs> so that's what I did. Did you? Do you have siblings? Do you? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And you just knew, like, an early age that that just wasn't going to be for you. Yeah, I never felt, I've always felt really uncomfortable around other children, Mm -hmm. like not children, babies in Mm -hmm. particular, like holding them, like just the most awkward, Mm -hmm. the most awkward person Mm -hmm. around (laughs) me. So like a new mom would be like, would you like to, which is like now I know if I offer somebody to hold my, when he was little, that was a big deal, right? Totally. So if someone, (laughs) when someone would offer me, I was like, I I can't, I know, I can't. It's so funny. I know. It's weird. Wow. And so it was after, like, when you guys met your husband, you got, and then you got married, and it was, like, a conversation of, like, okay, we should, or that, that kind of, like, changed. Yeah. Um, t- I don't know. I swear it's some kind of an, you know, innate thing where mm. I actually had a previous husband, mm. and it was never, like, we both understood that that wasn't going to happen. Interesting. And we split up, and then I met Dan, and, like, it was, like, upon meeting him that I felt, wow, like, there's a shift. And the idea that came up, not because we discussed it, sure. just because it naturally did over time, wow. I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I want to do that. That's amazing. That's <laughs> crazy. That's so wild. Yeah. So, did, um... So when, did so you, do you know about your birth experience? Like, did you know your mom's yes. how your mom's birth went? Traumatic and yeah, emergency cesarean and the things you hear, right? Yeah. Like the things that you know are true before you kind of go dive into this whole birth mm-hmm. world. Like, oh, well, she wouldn't drop, so the pitocin and then the pitocin and then the the epidural and the epidural and then the heart rate dips and then you know mm-hmm. like that's. Mm-hmm. Was kind of her story, mm-hmm. and very much um, out of her control, or that's how she mm-hmm. told it. Um, so it kind of was. I was like, I don't want that. Yeah, 
Oh, thank Were you. Were you the first? Of, yeah. Yeah. The first of two. Wow. That's so crazy. And my brother was a V-back. Wow. Yeah. So ahead of her time. That's amazing. I know. I was like, Mom, do you know how cool that is? Yeah. Do you know? I mean, now you appreciate it. Now, like, oh, yeah. Never, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That's so cool. I didn't know what that even meant. Yeah. Back before. in the day. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm like, like, oh, feedback. Yeah. You're just like, what? <laughs> you know? um, so where where are you from? I was born in Connecticut. Okay. So I was lived in the Northeast for a while. Mm-hmm. And then my family, like, migrated to Florida to okay. escape the cold. Okay. And then you came. And then you came here to LA for work. For for my husband. For your husband. Mm-hmm. Things worked out. It's great. <laughs> he brought me and my two horses across the country. <laughs> I was amazing. like, I'm not. And my chicken. Oh, and your chicken. I had a chicken key. and two horses. Oh my gosh. He brought us all over here, and he's like, that was it. He sounds like a real keeper. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, not only then did you. Uh, realize that you wanted to have children, but then you made the decision to have an out-of-hospital birth, which is a pretty, that's a, that's a big leap of faith, you know, in your, in your body then. Like what, what, what was that? How did you even get exposed to that information as, as far as like, that's a valid choice and, and, um, yeah, what made that, what helped you kind of make that decision? I would say my lifestyle before even thinking I would have a baby was very, um, I don't know how to say it, like parallel to the same lifestyle that I envisioned, like someone who would have a home birth, right? Okay. So like very alternative. Mm-hmm. I strongly believe in alternative medicine and Chinese medicine and food is medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, so that whole thing in, I guess, knowing intuitively what my body needs and listening to my myself and my own body's cues, like I, that was all inside of me mm. from years spending years with my mentor and learning about food and mm. herbal medicine and stuff like that mm-hmm. so when I found out I was pregnant of course I told my mentors and they're like oh you're gonna have you're gonna get a midwife and have a home birth right and I was like I am wow <laughs> yeah you're right I think I should so then I started peeling back the layers and figuring out like okay you know where do I go from here and interviewing yeah. uh, midwives and doulas and um uh, I don't know if you know Alex Evangelidi. Mm-hmm. She's my hero. She mm-hmm. was my midwife. Mm-hmm. Kat, mm-hmm. she was there at my birth. And um, Carmen Paris was my mm-hmm. doula pre and post. And I just felt like I found, mm-hmm. I like struck gold. Mm-hmm. I found like the superhero team. Mm-hmm. So when I found myself so aligned, and I did this, mind you, at like eight weeks. Wow. I started hunting. That's amazing. Yeah. So I found my team and I'm like, that's it. I'm staking, I'm staking my claim right here. And I spent the whole time with them and like, it was exactly what I, it really mirrored my lifestyle in every other way, mm. just in this brand new path that I didn't know anything about Wow, at all. And so we'll back up a little bit as far as you said, like your background in herbalism and your mentor, what did you, what was, what's it, what is your background as far as like food and herbalism goes? Um, I'm not like trained. I didn't go to school. I just spent a lot of time with really brilliant people. Wow. Which I think is like really it's given me a lot more life experience Mm. in its own right because Mm -hmm. as I faced obstacles in my own life Mm -hmm. they gave me the tools and the knowledge to overcome those for myself and Mm. my family and my fur babies my animals I I healed um had a yellow lab she recently passed when she was Mm -hmm. very old but she had um breast cancer mammary cancer when she was like four so I was like that was kind of when I started getting into this world and I was like they were like, well, we ought to cut it out now. And, and and something in me felt like, I just want to try something else. 
And so I did. I got, you know, acupuncture. We did a little bit of herbal medicine. I used food as medicine. I would go to the farmer and get, like, fresh butchered cow Mm. and, like, parts and, like, make her food. And I put a lot of healing energy into her body, and I learned about Reiki then. Mm. And I'd say, like, three months later, we went back to the veterinarian and got a sonogram, and there was no trace. What? She thought, yeah, she thought I had gone and gotten surgery somewhere else. I was like, there's no incision, there's no scar tissue, like... We didn't get surgery. We healed. Like, they didn't even believe it. Wow. So that kind of started my... my journey and with I, I had cesarean or cesarean ovarian cysts mm. really large ones mm-hmm. um I healed myself that's incredible yeah so it started a long time ago okay so then that that's a really that's a really cool kind of you know starting place of like you're being in touch with your body right. and knowing like the power of alternative methods yes. and modalities and um yeah, because I would say, you know, birth, especially when you when you yourself had a history of, like, not even wanting to have kids, yeah. is scary, I think, for everyone. Even if you trust it, it's, like, it's just that big unknown. And yeah. so, um, but that's that's a really special relationship that you have with your body, knowing that, like, you can do things to actually control, uh, you know, things for it to happen the way that you want, right. which, is, which is great. So... So you found Alex and your doula, and um, so we were introduced via Dr. Dr. Berlin. Mm-hmm. And he's part of my dream team. He is amazing. <laughs> yeah. he's, I mean, I'm sure he has introduced so many people. You know, he's, he's a, such a good matchmaker. He is. Um, what are the things that you do to prepare your body for birth besides chiropractic? Um, yeah, so I saw him like twice a week for the last two months. Amazing. Once a week for like good a good while. So that was a big part. Yeah. Um, I would say I had to do a lot of not necessarily like manipulating my physical body, but training my mental and emotional body mm-hmm. big time. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned a lot of really powerful lessons that mm-hmm. were like, that have been knocking on my door for years and years and years that they finally like burst through. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, my pregnancy was not fun. I didn't enjoy it. I wasn't like happy and got, like I was really. I got to this weird point where like I just didn't want to go anywhere. I just wanted to stay home in my like little cave. And like Carmen, I remember she was like calling me. She's like, "Come to the uh, women's space with Paula and come to this women's circle and do this and do this." And I'm like, "But that's in Culver City and I can't drive. And what if I have to pee?" And oh. then like I was making all these excuses. Yeah. Um, so I really had to like go deep and like, why am I doing this? Mm. Why am I like, why are these weird emotions and feelings coming up? So they bubbled to the surface so that I could address them and make peace with them. Mm. So that was a big preparation part for me. And and did you did you have any support in that or help with that of like a of a mentor figure or a child educator? I mean, your your doulas and your birth team, but or was mm. that more just like a introspective self work um I do have a um he's on the east coast and I did travel to the east coast when I was pregnant but I do have a mentor who is uses uh equestrians as Mm. like a basically like a clean mirror Mm -hmm. so like they're gonna show you exactly what you're feeling Mm. with none of the other crap that we get from other people you know in modern society right they're like here it is 
deal with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I did. I went and saw him, and I did some work in the round pen with some of the horses wow. I rode during college. So I already had a connection with them. That's incredible. It, it really, it was, like, mind-blowing how big it was. Like, in retrospect, like, looking back, like, it was those big moments that I think prepared me for birth the most. And then, of course, like, Carmen, she came and did her body work, and mm. she's, like, magic Mm -hmm. she's magic hands Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and then you know I got acupuncture a couple of times Mm -hmm. um but really just I think like eating the way that I eat eating whole clean real food Mm -hmm. uh following my intuition as far as what to eat Mm -hmm. and doing that like mental emotional work like like a fitness Mm -hmm. was the they were the biggest factors for sure was it was it kind of scary to realize that you had to do that mental emotional work oh yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and and in I mean we're going to talk about your birth in a little bit but in the birth process did you did did you recognize that some of those things came up for you or did you like did you realize in hindsight like how valuable that work was when you're in the midst of it like having like in labor yeah yeah I would say that I mean it's such a blur Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I would say that when I could come out of it Mm -hmm. for those brief little glimpses like the books I read again like anime and Mm -hmm. you know those those type of books and the the things my childbirth educators the classes that I went to Mm -hmm. the people that I talked to like if ever there was that, like, fear or doubt or something coming to the surface during labor, like, it was showered in this beautiful, like, light of what I knew mm. to be true mm-hmm. from the lessons I learned during pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And then it allowed me to just sink back in mm-hmm. and, like, ride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I think I think it's so important and I you know I love that you said like you know you didn't do much for the physical part but how much you have to do for the mental emotional because that's a piece that not a lot of women um or expectant families really want to address because it's hard right it's hard work and but they but they curate this perfect experience of what can be you know they choose the perfect midwife and the doula and they have Mm -hmm. their house their home setting and they but that's the one like thing that they want to skirt around and it's really truly like you, like something that um, you know, Britta Bushnell, she teaches a birthing from within class. And oh, okay. She, I did birthing from within. Oh, amazing. With, um, she talks yeah. about how, like, yeah, you can't you can't buy this experience. It's really like you have to do the work. Yeah. And and so much of that work means that mental emotional stuff and and kind of like allowing yourself to crack a little bit so that this new person can come through in the birth yeah, and totally. and otherwise like there's not yeah there's not room for for both them this new identity and, and your past right. self um so I think that surprises and scares a lot of women if they don't do the work ahead of time yeah and it's hard to encourage people to do it it really has to just like come to you you have to want to do it yourself yeah. I mean you got to get your hands dirty there's no guidebook for emotional growth right like, you can uncover some stuff that you're like, ooh, let me put the rock back over that because mm-hmm. this is scary. Mm-hmm. But in that birth experience, there's no covering it back up. That stuff is going to come out. Mm-hmm. And it's whether you want to start to um, understand, you know, what that is before mm-hmm. 
or if you want to be surprised during your experience, like mm-hmm. it's up to you. But either way, you have to know that like it's coming out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or in the postpartum or postpartum. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And so, um, there's so much emphasis on the, on the mother and the woman doing the work, obviously because she's, you know, physically going through the experience. But right. was that something that for your husband that he felt he needed to explore as well? What is? It's, um, you know, kind of doing his own processing of like entering into this new phase and kind of clearing emotional stuff or whatever it may be. Um, I would say, so my husband's from Beijing. Mm-hmm. He, his family is, um, was born and raised and English is their second language. Like mm-hmm. everybody else speaks Chinese except for me. Uh-huh. I would say in their, in as culturally that I have seen in his family, mm-hmm. the, um, the vision of like self mm. is not observed as much as the collective. So emotions then are not as valid or valued of the self, right? Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't support the collective. Okay. So um, we've done a lot of work together because I'm like so opposite. Mm-hmm. My mom's like, good morning, honey. How are you feeling today? Yeah. I'm like, I'm feeling, you know, like that was my, my, how I was raised yeah. and we're like opposites. Yeah. So he did have to do like a lot of like, you know, when I was having a moment he didn't know what to do with me. Yeah. He didn't know how to process it because he wants to fix it and help me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, in the end, I'm like, in labor, like, you're not going to be able to fix it or help me. You got to, like, just be there and ride with me. Mm-hmm. And he he did learn a couple of lessons throughout pregnancy. And we had a couple of epiphanies where I feel if we weren't open to these experiences, it could have really made our relationship go in another direction. Mm-hmm. So his openness and willingness to do stuff like that, not necessarily like knowing he was doing it, but like in hindsight he does. Mm-hmm. Um, those, that was pretty powerful for him. Too. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Cause I think, I mean, in my experience of doing the, the birthing classes, that was such a, a prevalent and strong thing, you know, of the, the partner, wanting to learn tools from the class so they could do yeah. something about the labor. <laughs> exactly. And and it's so, and it's like, okay, we'll give you those tools so you feel yeah. comfortable in your toolkit, but like you're probably not going to use a lot of those because yeah. it's just not about that, you know? Totally. Um, and, but you just, but also it's like, it's hard to explain that ahead of time. It's really just like, yeah, you know, of, of like that, you just got to like sit with that and, and, um, Again, we'll go into your birth and how he did and all that stuff in a little bit. But um, so because um, there, when, you're, when you're planning to birth out of the hospital, the idea of transferring to the hospital is just it's part of the package, right? Yeah. It's just it's what you have to, you know, plan for in a, in a plan B sort of way. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that make you feel? Like what were your what were your thoughts and feelings around that? It's kind of funny because like, Looking back now with my interview with Alex, one of my questions was, well, what percentage of your clients are transfers? And like, oh my God, like thinking about how naive I was, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like right mm-hmm. in a righteous way, mm-hmm. like I would just like smack her on the hand. <laughs> but, but thank God Alex was just laughed it off, right? But yeah. that was like, nope, I am not going to the hospital. Like I, like I told you about my background in alternative medicine, my young life, I had migraines and 
Mm-hmm. Um, they had me on every which pill and this and that, and like it never fixed anything, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, why don't I trust them? You know, which in a way is, you know, whatever. We all have our beliefs, but mm-hmm. it was more of a fear of the hospital and Western medicine than it was completely a mistrust because there is a place for it, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm not saying like we're not living in like the wilderness and, mm-hmm. we, you know, whatever. So, yeah, that was something that my doula, Carmen, helped me a lot with and um, hooked me up with Dr. Crane mm-hmm. at Cedars. Mm-hmm. And he's just like my grandpa. Mm-hmm. Like he's my mm-hmm. superhero. I love him. Like he's just like cashmere and leather. Like mm-hmm. he's the coolest guy. <laughs> I actually think he wears sweaters to births. I think he like Does he really? Yeah, like he doesn't even oh, like wear I love like him. he just like I mean I went to one birth with him and he just sat on the edge of the bed and like oh. rolled up his like sweater sleeves and like had his like scrub pants on, but just like from the top up, he was just like, yeah, this like old school doc who's just like, you can blush now. Like oh it was just God. the most gentle. And as a first-time mom, like it wasn't like this easy peasy, right? You know, like he, but he just he has such a lovely way about him. And Absolutely. you are, yeah, that's another key member of the dream team for oh, yeah. sure. I was in, I mean, I was in amazing hands, right? And I got to meet him and I was a week late or eight days late or something. Mm-hmm. So, of course, Alex was like, okay, you got to go get an ultrasound. We'll mm-hmm. Just check on things. And he's like, you're fine. Like, you're just very mm. non, like, there's no emergency. Yeah. That I have a hard time processing because I have an easy I can get swept up in that so easily. I, yeah, right? probably because yeah, you said your history of like you were at the you were at the doctor's office a lot, yes. and it's like, yeah, there, it's so nice to find someone who is not an alarmist when there's no need to yes. be an alarmist. Exactly, but they could raise a red flag when there is one to raise, mm-hmm. but not that like every little thing is like a problem or an emergency. Like mm-hmm. that was such a blessing because then the hospital became not such a scary thing mm-hmm. because I knew I was in his hands yeah. and that he would curate the experience and Carmen was on my team. And if I had to go, Alex would be there. Like I had a fortress, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I was a protected queen, mm-hmm. like the queen bee that would be like carried in. Like it wasn't like this, okay, you know, you're on your own. See ya. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah, it was not how you navigate that system. Yeah, which I think is also it's really I think it's it's nice you had a doula because some people will ask you know is it necessary to have a doula when you have a midwife as as in like well your you know the midwife can do all the same things that a doula can but I think especially in the scenario of a transfer yeah. um, you know and what if Alex had another birth yeah. and had to go you know you you would have Carmen with you the whole time so it just it really. Um, ensures that continuity of care Mm -hmm. that you just, you you know, you don't know what's ultimately going to happen. And so I think that's great that you had that extra layer of like support and protection, like you said. Yeah, I needed it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, so tell me about, tell me about your birth. You said you were eight days or how, how late were you late quote with air quotes? Yeah. Right. My guest date. Your guest date. Oh my gosh. I was for sure a week and a day. Okay. A week and two days. And what was your mindset with those being a week and a day late? Like, where were you at? Where was what was your headspace? Were you fine? Were you kind of nervous at that point, or I was starting to get a little freaked out. Mm-hmm. The only time I got freaked out was when Alex was like, talk, when she started talking about our other plan. Uh huh. 
Like what has to happen if it doesn't happen. Got it. Which is at like 42 weeks, right? So two weeks passed. Well, yeah. Well, I had to start doing stuff at 41. Yes. Like yeah. you had to start whatever. Yeah. The so when she started talking about the mm. stuff I had to start doing, I was uh. like, uh-uh. Like, I want that right now. Yeah. Like I started to get like, oh, but what if I, yeah. you know? And I'm like, okay. So like surrender kept coming up. Surrender, 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 surrender. And at that time, my brain was just too strong. Mm-hmm. So I was like, ah, like it was just like a battle in my mm-hmm. head. And like brilliantly enough, <laughs> I woke up on, this is really bad. I don't know what day of the week it was. Wow. <laughs> so he was born on the 14th. So I guess I woke up on the morning of the 13th at like 4 or 5 a.m. And like. I jumped like a you know nine month pregnant woman yeah. out of bed, so not like jump. Yeah, yeah. Like I quickly got on my feet and I yelled, "Dan!" My husband's name, like really loud, and he like shot up. He's like, "What?" And I was like, and I was just like silent. And all of a sudden, my water, yeah, broke. Whoa, everywhere. And I was like, "What?" I was like, "They said this only happens in like fourteen percent of births," and oh. <laughs> right. So like instantly, I'm like what is happening? So I went into the bathroom and I sat on the toilet and I was like trembling. I don't know why. I was just like, I was so worked up. I was Mm. trembling. And I was like, call Carmen. (laughs) So he called Carmen and she was on the phone with me and she's like, okay, we need to just calm down. Like, Mm -hmm. let's ground. Mm -hmm. You're okay. Mm -hmm. Like, this is happening. It's normal. You have a baby inside of you. Mm -hmm. You, This is how your story is starting. Yes. (laughs) You know? So she kind of talked me off the edge, which I think it was just surprise of coming out of sleep like that. Sure. Yeah. was like... Did you feel like you... So you jumped out of bed before your water broke. So you had this feeling like something was stirring. Yeah. And And then you felt like the pop and the release and the gush. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah, not a pain or a pressure or nothing. It was just a feeling, like, really deep inside. Like, yeah. a feeling of, like, a release. Mm-hmm. And so, so that, obviously, you weren't anticipating that's no. the start of your story. So <laughs> No. <laughs> no, it was not. And then, of course, um, for, again, for, like, my brain in that moment, uh, uh, labor didn't start for, like, a long time. Mm-hmm. So then I'm like, okay, pressure. The pressure's raising mm-hmm. on my surrender mm-hmm. lesson, mm-hmm. right? So my my mentor um, always says the horse person, yeah, that you can't overcome the, something from the past until the pressure of the moment is greater than the pressure of the past. Wow. So here I am, beautiful. like, here's my lesson. Mm-hmm. The pressure's like climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing. Oh my God, what do I do? So, and are you aware of this? Like, can you have your mentor's like words in your mind at that point or no, no. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) It's like you kind of, you do lose all your tools in that moment. You're just like, (laughs) I know I was freaking out. Yeah. I was totally freaking out. Yeah. So, um, so I was like, okay, what do we do? Like we got to get labor started because now I'm on a clock and then, which is all the wrong. It's my like frontal cortex, right. Mm -hmm. Is activated and like firing and, so I, was, I went to my acupuncturist. She did stim. Mm-hmm. And um, I was super emotional with her. And I just, like, cried and cried and cried. and Which is good for labor. <sighs> had to let it out, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, you're going to be fine. Like, this works really well. Just trust your body and whatever. So I was like, okay. And then Carmen called. And she's like, Erica, we need to go see your horses. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 
I think you're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like, I'm going to bring some sandwiches. We're going to have some tea. We're going to see the horses. And we're just going to, like, walk around and be with them. So she's so smart. That's amazing. She's so smart. Also, like, yeah, you found her and you're eight weeks pregnant. Like, you had this whole time together. BFFs. Like, yeah, she really she knew, knew you, which is case. Yes. Yeah, I think that's great. I, you know, if you're planning a home birth or, or any birth, yeah. to get those relationships started soon. Yeah. Because it's valuable. Totally. So I met her there, and as we're driving, I'm we're going over bumps. I'm like, damn, like drive over the bumps like hard. <laughs> like, let's see if maybe it'll work. Because I heard maybe it would. Yeah. And I would get a couple yeah. of really mild contractions yeah. throughout that morning. Um, but by that time I was like three. Uh-huh. So we got to the barn. I got my boys out of the pasture. Mm-hmm. I got my belly out in the sun, my big sun hat on. Oh. I'm, like, walking around with them, and every time I'd feel a light contraction, I'd just stop, and, like, they would just, they were so calm, which is, like, not really like them. Yeah. And they would literally hold me up. Like, I would hold on to their withers, like, on both sides of me Mm -hmm. until the contraction passed, and then I would keep walking. Wow. It was so beautiful. That's so beautiful. It was the best memory, and this is my very early labor. Yeah, yeah. I was, like, not, like... (laughs) Yeah. In it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sure, that, it looks it also probably looked beautiful. Like, it did. It probably just looked so serene and yep. so yeah. Glowy content, and yeah. like, oh my god, is this it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um Carmen was like, okay, I'm gonna head back home. You guys go home, you know, relax, settle in. Alex is gonna come over at six or seven. Mm-hmm. So we got home. Um Alex came over. I was starting to get a little more freaked out. I was GBS positive, so mm-hmm. I had to start my drip, mm-hmm. which is something like I had hoped, like, oh, my labor was so fast. We didn't have time to put right. it in. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I was like, no. You know, again, Western medicine. Yep. Mm-hmm. Pressure is raising mm-hmm. again. Okay, time to put in your antibiotics in your bloodstream, mm-hmm. and my brain's going, mm-hmm. <laughs> So, right? So, you know, we had this talk. Alex, you know, did it, whatever. And she's like, okay, like, here's the deal. We can just wait, or I can do something to speed this up. And of course, I didn't want any quote interventions. Yeah. <laughs> Again, uh-huh, the plan is uh-huh. unfurling. And I'm like, you know, I think right now, like, I'm open to it. She uh, first stripping the membranes. Yeah. And, um, and then, yeah, so she did it. So you were dilated enough to, to do that. Clearly. Yeah, which is great. She never told me my anything about mm-hmm. my yeah. dilation, like just what number smart. you were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she knew me too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not to activate that yes. frontal cortex again. Um, and then, yeah, so she did that. It was surprisingly uncomfortable. Like, I don't know why I didn't. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I just didn't enjoy that. It's not so much like a massage, you know, or no. it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a very, uh, yeah, it's a deep pressure deep kind of feeling. Yeah. Cause I think it's the thing that I think is unnatural about it is like someone's going up when birth is everything ah, that's down. That would totally make sense. You know, like that seems, it seems weird to introduce in when you're in that birth space. That makes it's, sense. Yeah. 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 It was just weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was weird. But then she's like, okay, I'm going to leave you two alone. Um, she had two births, so she was a birth two nights before, a birth that previous night, and now she was on her third birth. Crazy. And she's like, I'm going to get some sleep. Yeah. Like, yeah, you go. Um, and my my husband, so we're not married. I call him husband. Yeah. 
um, my partner, I guess, mm-hmm. um, the whole time I'm like, you know, I think I should really take your last name. It might just make things easier. You're having this conversation now. This was, no, this is well before. Oh, oh, are they even in? <laughs> no, no, no. It's like, oh, that's interesting. No. <laughs> so I'm like, the whole pregnancy, I'm thinking like, oh yeah, he'll ask me. He'll ask me. And he never did. Uh-huh. So after she stripped my membranes, <laughs> he turns on the TV. He has like all the TVs in the house hooked up with this little disc flash drive of a slideshow with music that my brother made uh-huh. of pictures from when we met until that moment. Wow. And then at the end was a slide that said, will you take my last name? Oh my gosh. I know. I just got the chance. I know. <laughs> like total That's surprise. Amazing. It was. It was so cool. That's and, incredible. But it was also like at the time where like, my contractions were rolling in. <laughs> like, they were rolling in. And I'm, like, in between, I'm, like, looking. I'm, like, oh, my God, that's so sweet. Oh, like, in. And I'm, like, oh, my God, this is that picture of, uh, like, oh like, it was crazy. So that his thinking of the timing is, like, it'd be a good distraction for early labor. Like, looking at those pictures. Like, <laughs> he should have done it before Alex came over, right? That is amazing. It, yeah. That is so sweet. It was really sweet. And Carmen actually told me he told them he was planning on doing it when I was pushing. And they told him, no, 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 you better do it now. <laughs> oh, my God. Right? <laughs> that is, um, like, that just is so endearing, though. Isn't just, like, it? That, that's his idea of, like, right before the, the birth. timing. Yeah. <laughs> is, I'm going to ask her. It's like, well, she might be a little distracted. Just a little. Yeah. <laughs> That is amazing. I know. Aww. It was so sweet. And I still, I'll never, who how can you forget I mean, that? I've never heard that. A proposal in labor. <laughs> that's incredible. That's that's like the title of this episode, I think. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Super sweet. So then the word yes probably became your mantra for the rest of, yeah. the, the rest of your labor. Aww, it did. It did. So, so then, so at that point, how frequent are your contractions? Mm. Hard to say. It was really, it, it was hard and fast, like you mm-hmm. mentioned about your birth. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have very much of a break at all through yeah. the entire thing, and it was about nine, nine or ten hours. Wow. Yeah. From when your water broke or when no. contraction started? Contractions. Yeah. yeah. From within like the hour or maybe in the half an hour that Alex did. Uh, Something started. Yeah. Phew. Yeah, it started. And so. did that, I mean, so when you didn't really get much of a break, which is what you learn about, what you hear, that you have yeah. a contraction, then you get a nice break. Mm-hmm. Did that start to alert any like flags in your brain of like, why am I not getting a break? Is this normal? Is this not a or it was like you were you were off to the oh, I was in another universe. Yes. I was like gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So talk about that labor land, because not a lot of people sort of like can fully understand or appreciate that like you you do leave yeah. this this world. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was that like for you? Like, what did you look like? Were you closed? Were you like, you know, did you, were you making sounds? Were you internal? Um, so by the time, uh, like right after the slideshow, I was like, I have to get on the toilet. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know why I, I could still talk at that point. Mm-hmm. So Dan helped me over into the bathroom and I was like, I just, I'm just going to stay here. Like, leave the lights off. I'm just going to be alone for a minute. And then by the time Carmen got there later, she shared with me an audio that she recorded. She said, I've never heard somebody make that sound. She said, I sounded like a didgeridoo. Whoa. You know that instrument? Yeah. She's like, you were so deep and guttural. I've never heard a sound like that. And I truly believe, looking back at it, that when 
I, I just always thought like, relax jaw, relax your throat. Mm-hmm. And then that deep, when you go, ah, like high, like it brings up, right? So deep and low mm-hmm. and out. Mm-hmm. So like subconsciously or something, I just was making this really low, like baritone, like vibrationally rich wow. sound and long. So it would be like a deep in-breath and a long, deep release. Wow. Which is like... Now I'm thinking, like, yeah, that would probably work pretty well. (laughs) Exactly. Wow, that's so cool that you intuitively found that within you and that noise. Yeah, and that I heard it later was really cool. Wow. I I didn't remember doing that. Yeah. But later, um, like you were saying, Laborland, like, it's amazing. I think, truly, I think it was our creator's gift to us. Mm To be able to endure such an intense experience, um, to be able to leave. Yeah. It's, right. I think it's a necessary because, you know, whether, even if you have the most positive experience, there's, there is yeah. still a, and I don't necessarily like the word trauma because it has so much connotation with it, but there is, there's a, it's a, it's a intense experience yeah. that it's almost necessary to, leave a little bit so there's so there's not so much of a of a clear memory of it otherwise I think like I mean that's I think why we procreate again why you do it again exactly yeah I think (laughs) amnesia is is a tool you know um to make things sort of blurry so and were you and then so Alex came back over when oh she was sleeping out here in the guest house oh nice (laughs) (laughs) she was sleeping here so um there was a point that I remember I wanted her. And this is in time, like, do you remember time-wise? Probably um, before midnight. Okay. Yeah, there was a point that I that I wanted her back. Um, because I think I wanted to get in the tub. Mm. So um, we filled, we have a really big tub, so we didn't get a birth tub. Mm-hmm. And they filled the tub, and they moved me in there. I had to make a couple stops, but I stopped. Mm. Yeah. And then I got in the tub and I remember like my arms were over my head and my husband's arms were like wrapped around my arms and like holding my body that way. Mm-hmm. So like if you imagine like I was leaned back and I was like holding his, the back of his neck with mm-hmm. my arms mm-hmm. and then he was wrapped around me. Wow. So I really didn't have to have make an effort to, to hold myself. Yeah. So I remember, I do cogn- like have a cognitive memory of at that point feeling the urge to push. Mm. Right. So. Right as you kind of got in the tub or yeah. like soon after. Very soon. Yeah. And like, I felt like clear as day. Yeah. And like to back up just a little bit, Aiden was very low for a very long time. Mm. Very, very low. Yeah. Um, And then on top of that, my bag of waters was gone. Yeah. I wasn't there to cushion it. So Carmen was like, oh, this is great. I'll go get Alex. Alex came in and checked me. And she's like, let's get you out of the tub. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to know. So I was like, okay. She's like, we're going to do the peanut on the bed. You're going to do seven contractions, this side, seven, this side, seven. Yep. Sitting up or whatever. Yeah. Three different ways. I was like, okay, fine. That was intense. Yeah. That peanut thing. The side lying and with the peanut. Yeah. Not. It's that's just it wasn't like I didn't want it. Mm-hmm. Like it's so like, hard. Yeah, it's every it's the hardest for every woman. Why? I think it's it's just not. 
I don't think it's as natural, yet it yet it's so productive. It's the, it's such a productive position, but it's really an, an unnatural place to be. Yeah. I think a lot of women like start to push themselves up away from yep. the bed. They don't want to yep. descend. It's hard to descend. Totally. So she had you doing that. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. <laughs> so later, after I gave birth already, mm-hmm. I found out I was only four centimeters. Wow. And by pushing, I was my cervix lip was swelling. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's so great for not telling you you're four centimeters. God. That's amazing. Thank God. Because for me, that information would have been detrimental. Yes. Yeah. Because I was, I felt the urge to push in 100%. And I don't know if it's because there was just, he was, there's so much pressure on my cervix. Yeah. Right. With his head. So anyway, we did that. (laughs) And there was this one point, I mean, I was in and out. Alex and Kat both said, they were like, you know, the only time you complained was when my IV got bent backwards. Mm. Right? <laughs> Yuck. Heck, yeah. It sucks. Anyone would complain about <laughs> I know. That. Well, yes. I mean, I was mobile and, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, oh, I was pissed. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, fix it. Get this out. <laughs> fix it. Oh, my God. I know. Um, and then, so that was like, we had the room blacked out. Like, I didn't know what time of day it was. There was a point where... Carmen was lying on the bedside, holding my arm, reading the scripture from a book that I just remember, like, it felt like I was in, like, a seance in a teepee. I don't wow. know where I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was it was amazing. Like, I just remember, like, getting that brief little glimpse, and I'm like, oh, this is, like, what I wanted. Mm. Like, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I was back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but th- it got to a point where I was, like— the heart for me, the hardest part of my labor was not pushing mm-hmm. from that four centimeter point to the end. I wanted mm-hmm. to push that whole time, and they were like, "Don't push, don't push." Oh my god! I know. It's like telling someone who has to go to the bathroom, "Do not yes, go to the bathroom." And you're exactly. like, "You don't understand. It's happening." Like, and you're like, "Nope, nope, nope, nope." Yes, it's crazy. So hard. That's so hard. Yeah. Oh my god! I know. It was. So so what did you do? Did you have to like just breathe and I mean just yeah you just do it. I fought the push yeah for hours, which, which is- can be sometimes a reason why some women transfer actually because they're fighting the need to push, therefore they're not opening because they're just fight they're clenching yeah exactly. to not push, therefore then they're clenching their cervix closed. Huh. So that's amazing that you overcame that because wow. that's that's a really like a that's a hard thing. place to be. Yeah, it really was, wow. and I. I mean, I just, I attribute it to the support I had um, between that time and then at some point she checked me again. Later, I found out I was like six or eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and she told then, you? No. Okay. Nope, I mm-hmm. found all this later. Mm-hmm. And then Carmen was like, I remember she's like, Erica, the sun is coming up. And I was like, oh, like it felt, for some reason that felt like such a relief to oh, me. Good. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, yes. And she's like, let's go in the shower, and I'll have to show you. We have, like, a massive shower, like, Uh upstairs, and you could fit, like, 10 people in, right? So she, like, it's a steam shower, so she closed Mm -hmm. it all up. It was the steam. She had essential oils. She had my ball in there. Uh Um, They carried me in there or, you know, assisted me in there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there was this one point where I looked at her, and I was like, I cannot do this anymore. I am done. Mm-hmm. I cannot stop pushing. This is happening. Mm-hmm. And she's like, great. I was like, you. <laughs> I hate you. What are you talking about? Great. 
Oh, but that's now I know like mm-hmm. that was great. Mm-hmm. She knew I was open. Yep. And sure enough, Alex checked me and I was like nine and like almost, you know, 10. And there was just a little lip that she moved out of the way. Wow. I was ready to push. And he was literally here in 20 minutes. Oh, my God. Doing the thing that you've been wanting to do for the last however many <laughs> yeah. hours. You're like, yeah. It felt I mean, so good. I say, that must have felt. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, yeah. It was great. I loved, loved pushing. I loved from being in that deep, deep labor land to going to an active role. Mm-hmm. Felt like, oh, the best relief. And I just, um, I was on the bed. She's like, Gave me a little coaching session. She's like, here we go. Like, if you, when you're pushing, don't make a sound because you're letting the energy out. Like, keep all the sounds in and focus on down and out. And we did a couple. And she's like, yeah, let's try the birthing stool. Mm-hmm. So we went to the birthing stool. Dan was behind me. And they were uh, monitoring Aiden. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember Kat coming over and she had the Doppler and she, she noticed that the heart rate was decreasing a little bit. Mm. And Alex was like, okay, like, we're going to do this. Didn't come out that set of contractions. And then uh, his heart rate was decreasing more and mm. deselling more. And Alex looked at me and she's like, you're going to get him out on this ne- next set of contractions or I'm going to have to do something. And I knew that was like an episiotomy, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. nope, mm-hmm. not happening. <laughs> so I, that very next set, I think the second one, I he was out. Wow. Yeah, and um, I mean, it was cr- it was feeling his head and like feel. I mean, it was a great feeling, and I was really scared of that feeling, mm-hmm. right? Of Before like, just- yeah, like the thought of him coming out. I thought that would be the worst part, right? And or potentially tearing, or just how intense that would be. Uh, yeah, how intense it would be. Yeah, and potentially, yeah, potentially tearing. Which luckily, I I didn't. I think. I got a cosmetic stitch just because there was like this tiny, tiny, tiny little. Yeah. That, you know, we thought it would heal faster. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. She, they called me, uh, she called me the baby eater. Because by the time he, <laughs> by the time he got out, my hair was like, like nuts. And like, I had not to be like, I mean, I'm sure I could be open about this, but there was like blood, you know, yeah. on me, on yeah. my husband, Cat, there was a video of Cat, and she's like, I think I have blood in my mouth. Oh my God. Like it was nuts, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Like it was just like the this baby cardinal like, affair. The warrior, like, yeah, like, wow. I felt like, I felt like, I felt like a warrior yeah. at that point. I'm like, yes. Like went to battle for your baby. Battle. Wow. But in like, a really good positive battle. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard yeah. To hard to yeah. This like this really yeah, primal yes, um like earthy journey. Yeah. Um totally. That's amazing. It that was. is so so great. And it's also there is something to be said about like the uh the the ejection reflex that happens when the threat of like <laughs> something happening that yeah. you don't want you know like yeah. I think adrenaline courses through you and gives that extra like oomph, yeah you know to just get like it's not and that like you're this like this protective mama too mm-hmm. you know and you're just like all right and you just you do you it do it you mm-hmm. hone in do it and um so you're on the birthing stool and you when you had him yeah oh amazing yeah and um how much how much did he weigh seven even oh seven pounds interesting that's amazing mm-hmm. and so then what I mean I'm sure the feeling right afterwards was 
relief to say the least, yeah. but what else, what else <laughs> did you feel? Like surprise, um, coming back into my body and I got a little heady when my placenta didn't release for like 40 minutes. Mm. Yeah. And then the thought of pushing my placenta out was horrifying. Because you thought it was going to be like the baby or just. I did. I, th- I thought it would. Yeah, yeah. It felt like when they were telling me I'm going to have to push it out. I'm like, uh-uh. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Yeah. Nope. Not pushing nothing out of there. Not for a while, you know. Mm-hmm. And like then having the conversation like 30 minutes past, I'm like, Alex, like what if it doesn't come out? She's like, well, DNC is already. They have to manually, like a hand goes in and gets it out. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. See, I don't I don't even remember. Yeah. But it was not pleasant. So yeah. I'm like, okay, you know, again, I had to surrender mm-hmm. to my body. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the labor brain on my side at that point. I was back in yeah. in, you know, my body. And so it happened. It released. We were fine. Yeah. It was beautiful. I remember the placenta. I'm like, oh my God. I guess the most beautiful thing I've ever seen compared to, you know, next to Aiden. (laughs) But, like, the life-giving force that it had to create him, like, mind-blowing. It is. Totally mind-blowing. And also, it's it's so amazing that it just so happens to have, like, a tree. Right? Like, (laughs) design to it. It's like, oh, okay. Mother Earth, this is nuts. I see you. I see you. We are all, yeah, we're all connected here. (laughs) Did you do anything with placenta? Did you encapsulate? Did you do a tincture? You did. I did. I have a tincture that I still take every year. Um, I had capsules, and I also had raw Nice. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like it helped you postpartum? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I definitely felt a difference when I took it versus when I forgot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm really glad that I, that I have that, that I had that support. I think some women are afraid to encapsulate for reasons of like, it might make them too emotional, hormonal, or it might actually kind of inhibit the milk, like a milk ejection reflex, or hmm. did you experience either of those things? Like, did you have milk supply problems or? No. no. I had zero. I had crazy. My milk came in like the second day. Wow. It was crazy. That's amazing. I just remember like, they were so hard. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> Nobody told me about this and coming like, um, it's coming. Yeah. It's normal. Yeah. And they get hot. and they, Hot. Yeah. Oh, my God. And, like, porn star boobs. Like, I'll yeah. never forget looking in the mirror. I'm like, what is it? Wait, wait, wait. Wait, What's happening? Uh, they were crazy. It's crazy. Especially yeah. when it comes in so quickly, they engorge so yeah. drastically. Yeah. Um, but that's great that you didn't have any breastfeeding issues. I mean, I had a different set of issues. Milk supply was not one of them. What breastfeeding would, was not easy. Not easy. So can you, yeah, <laughs> talk about that a little bit. Um, so after he came out, they, everybody hung around, which is so cool. Like it was like a little party mm-hmm. and like we popped a bottle of Dom, which oh is like God. hilarious. Yeah. Right. Um, we had mimosas. That's so um, great. So what time was he born? Like 9am. Oh, yeah. perfect. And, um, I remember Carmen said like, cause I had, you know, this traditional, I did kind of a Chinese traditional postpartum, mm-hmm. which kind of inspired the business. Got um, it. that is Carmen was like, you are a warrior. You get to eat whatever you want for this first meal. Name it. What do you want? Yeah. And, like, I'm very health conscious. I do eat a variety of vegetables and very healthy things. And my thing that I wanted was 
mac and cheese and mashed potatoes (laughs) together (laughs) together wow because that's literally what I grew up on as a child so I got big old like a big helping of mac and cheese and mashed potatoes and everybody just ate and hung out and cleaned up and but Aiden wasn't latching Mm. so then again my started creeping up that same lesson Mm -hmm. it's everywhere um, Aiden, uh, Alex said I had really flat nipples, mm-hmm. so it was just hard for him to get a good latch. Mm-hmm. So she's like, well, you know, if he doesn't latch, you know, we're going to have a consultant come in. And But until then, I had to express my colostrum into a dropper and give it to him. That's a lot of work. I know. <laughs> I know, especially because, I mean. just having given right? birth. And, <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. Now I'm a pro at expressing, but hand expressing. But then I'm like, how do I? get it out like yeah it was weird and stressful because I'm like oh my god he's gonna die like he's not gonna eat and like he's for sure gonna die like that was like yep that's what's happening you go to the ultimate fear right (laughs) right. like the extreme scenario extreme did you share that with Alex or was that in your just in your head of like um I think I shared it with Dan yeah I should have shared it with Alex really like in hindsight like advice to anybody like if it's in your head get it the freak out yeah Get it out because people are going to tell you either you're crazy, don't worry about it, or they're going to tell you, let's get you help. Right. We'll figure this out. Yeah. But don't stay alone with your thoughts. Yeah. Ever. Such good advice. Yeah. Yeah. Get them out. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was really stressed. Um, Linda and I came over. Um, I had my, uh, I was so fortunate to not, I didn't leave the house for 30 days. So Amazing. my pediatrician came in, did the first exam. Alex came in for her checkup. Lactation consultant came in for home visit. So I literally, I didn't even descend the stairs for two weeks. I was in like a cocoon. That's so, so great. It was. Because there's, yeah, I mean, it's, it, that's a, definitely not our culture. In, no. in, right. You know, <laughs> the, not only North, I mean, the U.S., but just like, yeah, the Western yeah. world. Um, and I'm sure your yeah, husband and his family perhaps like, that, that, that's part of their culture. I mean, that's a much more Eastern yeah, thing. it is. It's but it's funny because my mother in law is like, "Why are you doing that?" Really? Yeah. She's like, "You you don't need to do that." Like, yeah, yeah. She's like Americanized now or something. She's like, yeah. well, you, and I'm like, but your mom did it, and your mother's mother, and you're like, you know, your lineage and this yeah. cultural thing. And she's like, well, "Why?" It's funny. <laughs> I know. Oh, that's really that's interesting. You're educating your mother in law. Wow. She knew about it, of course, yeah. but like in the extreme way. I forget how to say pronounce it, but the 30 days, like the Chinese 30 days, they they do mother roasting. They don't wash their hair shower for 30 mm-hmm. days. Like I needed to shower for like a human again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like staying in the house was enough right. for me. Yeah. Um, I did eat really special foods that mm-hmm. she would come and cook for me and like pork trotters and like wow. um just crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Oxtail. Yeah. Things that I really wouldn't normally eat. But in that month. Oh my God. Food was like, food is fuel. Like that really just clarified my belief of like food fuels our lives and our bodies to do what they're Mm -hmm. supposed to do. Mm -hmm. So powerful. So powerful. I mean, it just enriches, yeah, a system that, especially after birth, like, you know, went through this huge thing. And so eating specific foods to bring a balance back is going to be so important and and so healing ultimately and how you recover i mean it's 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 no kind of like wonder that those traditional things like there's a reason behind all that stuff you know because they didn't have 
you know, certain things that we can do now to like speed healing, whether it's like, oh, give you like a shot of Pitocin so you won't bleed anymore. Like they would, they would take a certain food, they would take a certain herb to, you know. To nourish the blood and to contract the uterus. And like in Chinese medicine, it's to nourish your Jing, Mm. which is one of the three treasures, Mm -hmm. um, Shen, Qi, and Jing. Mm -hmm. So um, you have to nourish your Jing and bring it back because you're in a place of it's weakened mm-hmm. like your body is weakened from this huge amazing life-altering event that just happened but we need to remember that um they also say like the wind can enter mm-hmm. so when you're open mm-hmm. um you're open for those 30 days and there's i did a, a closing of the bone ceremony mm. with carmen so you did sort of a wrap it was a wrap yeah yeah that was i think it was a south or central american traditional yeah um but yeah like she found my body like a mummy and then it was just like body work and like really it was it was it was strong uh, or <clears throat> it was like a it was like a nice endpoint experience to closing, you know, that 40 day. Yeah. And then um, we recently, like, we were talking and I'm like, you know, we have a blessing way. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we have that closing of the bones at 40 days. Like, we need to have some kind of a ceremony or a ritual or celebration of the closing of the fourth trimester. Totally. Like, yeah, what like, is what, that? Yeah, what is that? Right? It's such, and, and it's not even like the end of postpartum because that's considered no. a year. Right. No, no, no. That's but, not even close. Yeah. But <laughs> it is, there is a, there is a distinct moment. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it could be, it's a really interesting thing. Like what kind of ceremonial rite of passage uh, could symbolize that? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing to think about. We need to do it. Totally. <laughs> I don't and know not just is. like you go out. Whatever, and with your girlfriend's for some or, pizza. Yeah, for some pizza. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it can be. For brunch, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, it could be whatever you want it to yeah, be, yeah, but yeah. in my mind, it's a lot more, you know. Um, my friend Dina online, she just, I met her two weeks before the end of her third, fourth trimester, mm. and and it was just happened to, uh, just happened to be on a full moon. I'm like, oh my God. So I brought her over, we did like a little full moon ritual, yeah. and we lit a candle, and like the things, like, our intention, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. it could be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. I think that's a really beautiful thing. Just yeah. actually setting intentions for the next, like, you know, to, until until that end of the year postpartum. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's a wonderful idea. I think that is important. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit more about your multipliers, and I also want you to talk about your business, because that came from totally. all this experience. Yeah, I tell people... Except for twin moms. I don't tell twin moms I had twins because that's just wrong. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but, right? Because, yes. like, you guys are like, oh, my God. Yeah. That's a whole other. My heroes. Yes. Completely. Um, but, yeah. So, milk supply first. So, milk came in to hard and fast. Yeah. Um, latch issues. So, since he wasn't latching, and besides expressing, did you, were you moving into pumping quite yet or no? Like, no. it was just hand express just to keep it yeah I didn't want to pump because I felt like that was an intervention in a way and it was so early in the game that like if my body was doing something it was doing it on purpose and I had to trust and luckily the classroom I felt didn't come out as easily Mm -hmm. but the milk came out great yeah right like my letdowns were like fire hose so like it was way easier to express and or like figure out yeah yeah the situation so um linda came 
she helped me like maneuver. Like it was just so awkward. Again, I never held babies, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like holding this thing. I'm like, oh my God, like you're so small. What do I do? You know? Yeah. So she taught me very much how to like, you know, settle into my instincts mm-hmm. and like trust them on how I held him and yeah. helped him latch and whatever. So yeah, I mean, our breastfeeding journey, the first six months were really hard. Mm. And I, the one thing that I'll take, that I took away from that, like at the end of five months, we had a 30 day nursing strike where the only time he would eat is when either he was right about to fall asleep or I was in a blacked out room with white noise bouncing on a yoga ball. What? Wow. The longest nursing. I mean, I went to the LHA league meetings. They're like, it's usually like a week. I'm like, I'm on 28 days. (gasps) So otherwise you just be, just be from a bottle or like nothing or not at all. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And he gained, I mean, kid has always been a great gainer. Like, yeah. I think my milk supply was very fatty and mm-hmm. nutrient dense. Mm-hmm. Again, I owe it to the food um, and my body, but you know, the food really helped. Yeah. But yeah. So like the one thing that I took away from that was like, no matter what happened, I was bawling my eyes out. My husband didn't understand. The lactation consultants were like, well, sorry, you got to pump and give a bottle the rest of your life. And I'm like, I refuse to accept it. Mm. The thing that I did was I did not ever, ever quit on a hard day. Mm. I slept on it or I took a nap or I woke mm. up or I got into a place where I wasn't an emotional mess about it. Yeah. And I looked at it and I'm like, okay, can I do one more day? Can I do one more day? Yeah. And I would do that day and I would do that next day. And like, we got through it miraculously. He's, he's a boob king. Like he, (laughs) oh my God, it is like his favorite place to be now. So like, you can come back from it. Yeah. Right. So not that again, like even before I was pregnant or while I was pregnant, I'm like, breastfeeding is the best. Like it's the best thing we can do for our children. And if you don't breastfeed, that's, I'm like, oh my God slap her on the wrist too right Mm -hmm. like stop it Mm -hmm. I have no judgment for anybody who ever decides to formula feed or bottle feed or pump or I don't care like Mm -hmm. that is the hardest thing ever it's hard (laughs) so hard I mean I remember I used to sort of scoff when I would hear that my mom only breastfed me for three months and considering I'm under three months postpartum I'm like that is a long time I'm like, bravo, <laughs> three months. I'm like, that's great. Um, job, it's mama. a whole different understanding now. And it's just, yeah, a level of empathy. And um, it's it's super demanding. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's incredible. And I think, like, your, you know, mindset of saying, like, can I do one more day? I mean, that parallels birth. Can you do one more contraction? Mm. Can you do one more contraction? And totally. it's so much about just staying in the moment and not jumping ahead. Yep. I mean, you can look ahead just to kind of see, right. you know, but but really coming back to right now because it's the only thing you can control. Yeah. And so that's so great that you came back to that amidst, you know, or despite, like, professionals telling you otherwise. Mm-hmm. That was tough. Yeah. The La Leche League really was a game changer for me. I went to the Pasadena chapter. Those moms and professionals and, I mean, so many different layers of advice mm-hmm. came through mm-hmm. where it wasn't just, like, I, I didn't give away my power to, like, one white coat yeah, yeah. professional opinion. Like, I refused to accept that that was the only way. So I just kept searching. And through that search, I found incredible support. And that's really also what gets you through, like, 
We were never meant to do this alone, isolated in the house by herself. So true. With no other women. Like, every time I was around women, I would feel rejuvenated and revived, even though I was exhausted and, like, beat up. Yeah. But, like, inside, that, like, spark would ignite when I was around other females. Mm-hmm. So crazy. You just don't feel alone, I think. I think there's, like a, like, a collective... Without saying it, there's just a collective understanding of like, oh, I, I know, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is rejuvenating. You know, it really gives you some like juice to go yep. off of, of like, oh, it's not just me. I'm not a failure. I'm not a bad mom. Like there is this like, yeah, this is, there's a string that attaches, you know, everyone to one another. Um, did you go to mom's groups that weren't like breastfeeding around breastfeeding support? I did, but... I have a hard time finding my place here. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I mean, and then too, like with the moms groups, not that I couldn't relate because I, I could, but when moms aren't breastfeeding, you have a whole different set of yeah. things going on. Yeah. Like sleeping, we co-sleep, whole different set of things. Yeah, I baby wear, whole different set of things. Like the way that we chose to parent was hard to find others who could relate. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that I needed that, but, like, then I did. Sure. Now I don't. Yeah, yeah. But when I was in it and wondering if this really was the right way, because mm. it was so damn hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, am I really, am I doing it right? Yeah. Like, am I, you know, and you need someone to be like, no, no. Like, yep, that, yeah. that happens. And not even have, like, one more extra ounce of questioning. Yeah. From someone else. C- correct. Because at that point, I wasn't in a, a state to, like, defend my position as a mother. Right. It's just kind of what felt right, and mm-hmm. that's the only reason I did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. You know? Yeah. And you don't need a statement or, right. you know, a reason to do things. It's it's so much about developing that intuition and a gut instinct and and going off of that. So, again, like, that's amazing and well done for, for doing that and sticking with something that, like, on paper – Probably there are many, many signs pointing you into another direction, you know, yeah. but um, that's amazing. And so, Thank you. so at what point did he get back on the breast? Like after that three month mark strike or like that strike, like, or. Oh, after the strike. So before that, like we had, it wasn't perfect. He would like gulp air when he was mm-hmm. latched. It wasn't a deep latch. Cause mm-hmm. again, I guess I had flat nipples. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, then there was the strike. Then after the strike, no problem to the day. Like, one day we woke up and we were fine. And he was wanting to be at the breast. And I'm, like, crying with tears of relief and joy. Like, oh, my God, I knew this day would come. Like, longest month of my life. But, yeah. And, like, after – so from six months till now, he's 15 months. Like, zero problem. Almost like want to ask them, like, what was going on for you? Like, what, you know, like, I think it was me. I think it was, I had a weird stress, Mm. like, breastfeeding from that initial. I had so much stress around it. Like, Mm. oh, my God, I make sure he gets enough. You know? He was just like. He's like, no, I don't like your energy, Mom. Yeah. Yeah. Tune it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want it. And, yeah. I could totally see that because my energy can be very strong Mm. if, if I let it go wild. Sure. And it easily went wild in that postpartum phase because just 
all the newness. All the newness of it. Yeah. And I think it's it's interesting why they say breastfeeding goes so much better the second time with the second child. And I think so much of that is just the mom's confidence. It's not For so sure. much that it's just by chance. Right. You know, I think it's just <laughs> like what she's putting out there is just so much more ease. And yeah. like even just the way you're holding your newborn is so different. You know, exactly. just like, all right, come on. You, you yeah. Know, versus <laughs> a preciousness, which is appropriate. Like you're learning, you yeah. know, and, and, um, that's really that's really interesting and I think there's something to be said about that of like being conscious you know I, th- I think it's important to be conscious in, in the pregnancy about stress you know and your yeah. energy and during labor which is why you create a really safe sacred space but also in the breastfeeding which yeah. people it's it's hard to remember that when you're sleep deprived and you have a whole <laughs> right. you know I mean it's a culture <laughs> shift yeah um but that's really I'm glad you brought that up Thank yeah. you for sharing that. And baby wearing helped a lot. Yes. Skin to skin baby wearing because if my breast was just in his face, he was more likely to just be like, okay. Yeah. And then I got less freaked out about it because I was doing stuff. I was yeah. like mulling around. I was whatever. Yeah. And if he just happened to latch during that, you know, time, I was like, oh, great. So you would wear him without a shirt. Like what kind of carrier would you wear him in? Um, what did I have? Like a Moby wrap? Yeah, or I had was a it? Moby. I had a rain sling. I had an ergo. And you just would wear him without a top on. Yeah. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that's that's amazing. That is a really good technique. Yeah, because then you're not thinking about it so much. You're not, like, maneuvering his head and, like, trying to, like, you know, ugh. like, it always just felt like square peg round hole. Like, yeah. you know, awkward yeah. for me. Yeah. So when it was something that he just did on his own, it was great because I didn't have to get my brain involved too mm-hmm. much. And then the stress started. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say, too, about stress, like, if we are like, oh my God, stress is so bad, stress is so bad. Then we stress about stress. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. You know? It's so true. And I was definitely one to do that. So finding tools for stress release and not necessarily having to like identify like, I'm stressed sure. out. Like just incorporating those things into every single day yeah. will naturally relieve your stress Yeah, levels. and like preventative measures. Correct. So you yeah. can get to that place of like, Oh my God, I'm stressed. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. yeah. And then the tailspin that happens. Yep. Um, so then at what point, so at what point did you start your business and what was the like aha moment of like, I mean, cause you did it pretty early postpartum, right? Yeah. Um, which is difficult to do to start a whole new venture beyond yeah. being a mother. Um, but what was the like, oh, I need to, I need to share this knowledge that you know you knew for yourself but with other moms um I would say the idea came to me when I was pregnant Mm -hmm. I was working um freelancing doing like internet marketing and when I was about 36 and a half weeks um, my biggest client ran into some trouble and had to lay me off Mm. and that was my main source of income wow so I was like okay I see this sign, you know, not that I wasn't going to do it, but it made it very clear that like now is the time. So at that point I was still pregnant. I was kind of putting some puzzle pieces into place, doing a little research, figuring stuff out. Um, And then I think like in postpartum, like I was telling you the stress, I just, I needed to occupy my brain with something so that I wasn't so hyper-focused on what I was doing right or wrong with my baby. Mm. Um, I needed that. And I know it's like, I don't know, like the, there's a dichotomy between like 
you know, being a mom and like being totally enveloped in that world and then like being a businesswoman and mm. being a working mom, which is like, I hate that term. It's mm. just, so nobody says working dad. I know. It's like, come on. Yeah. Um, and that they're separate. But my world's very much meld together. So I'll be breastfeeding and I'll be on a phone call with, we have a naturopathic physician in Germany who helped us formulate our menu and create like the framework for our recipes. So I'll be on the phone with her chatting and like, you know, like it was very much like a part of my day and not, and something that brought me great joy Mm. because as you know, my history with food and food is medicine and like it's strong. It runs deep from college. Um, I was lucky to start early. Yeah. And everybody I talked to, like, oh, my God, like, you need to write a book or blah, blah, blah. Like, do something. Like, yeah. you have this information. Like, do something with it. Yeah. So finally, I was like, this is it. Yeah. Like, there's other meal prep companies out there, and God love them, and I've used them before. And they're amazing, and the ease and convenience of having that food is yeah. great. But nobody's talking to the moms. Yeah. And let me tell you, <laughs> I used to feed myself really well, right? Yeah. The thought of having to do what I used to do for myself now, it is completely impossible. Yeah. And if it is possible, it's with a lot of help. Yeah. So this was like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to find this space between like, I can hire a personal chef, live in chef with me, and I have to go to the grocery store and buy and cook all my ingredients myself. Like there's a middle ground here. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the the quality of the food that we get is like... The vit- I believe the vitality of the food starts running out as soon as it's picked, right? Mm-hmm. Like a carrot. Mm-hmm. It's plucked from the ground. That's the day when you run out of, start running out of juice mm-hmm. like a battery, mm-hmm. right? Battery life. Mm-hmm. So the soonest you can get that carrot from coming out of the ground and being disconnected from the earth and into our body is going to be the highest good for all. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the premise. That and also I am... A carnivore, right? Mm-hmm. Like I am, I don't know if it's my blood type or what, but I feel best when I eat gamey meats. That's just me. Yeah. So knowing that I wanted to incorporate animal protein into that, I knew my standards are like insane, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like the if it's here, it's good for you thing is like a million percent true. Like I know the rancher. We buy ranch direct. I know where that cow lived. I know yeah. what it ate. I know what it didn't eat. I know what was done to it and what wasn't done to it. Wow. I know how it arrived, how it was transported to the processing facility, how long it stayed there, what it ate there, how long it took from there to get to my refrigerator. Like, that's amazing. This is like farm to table on a whole new level, yeah. right? Yeah. Just because of the sourcing, I, it's the three P's I always say processing, packaging, and I'm gonna blank on the third because mm-hmm. that's just what's gonna happen. <laughs> <gasps> processing It'll come back packaging. To yeah. So processing is like what was done to it, right? Packaging is eliminating as much packaging as possible from in, when it is plucked from yeah. the earth to when it comes to your table. And then the third one, which we'll put in the notes on. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the power of food, the power that it had uh, over me and my postpartum experience and my milk supply and like all of these things, yeah. I knew I had to share that with not only new and expecting mothers, but like I have a 15 month old and I couldn't live without my prepared meals right now. Yeah. Or I could, Yeah. but I would be grabbing things in a hurry or I wouldn't make as good of decisions that I know I could Mm -hmm. and no judgment, but Mm -hmm. like now there is an option. Yeah. Yeah. And it's accessible. Totally. Um, 
So, I mean, and you sent, you very graciously sent me a, a package before I had my baby and it's amazing and delicious and also like so beautiful with like glass packet, like glass jars that you can reuse, which is also like every little detail, there's a, there's an intention behind, right. you know, and as far as like a, a consciousness and awareness about it. Um, and so it's called, it's called 2028, 20, 25, 25, eight, which mm-hmm. is, I love that the slogan is like, tell me, tell me. Nurturing it, mothers 24 seven so they can be mothers 25, eight. Which is so great. And so true. Right. <laughs> Cause it's, it's like, it's overtime. Dude, where, yeah. how do we get more stuff done? Like there's no way, yeah. right. There's yeah. no extra time. And so there's different like meal plans, different like packet, you know, you, you told me that you also, um, prepare meals for like birth teams. I do. That's like a, it's not on my website, but. People email me and be like, so cool. I know, right? Like, feed everybody. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big piece. I mean, it's a big piece. And especially, yeah. it kind of takes the the notion of, like, baked cookies for your nurses to the next level. Of like, yeah, I, I never thought about you that. You know, That's like, true. it's really, like, you know, as a way to as a way to kind of get on their good side. Like, here's some really nourishing food for you while right. you're on this gnarly 12-hour shift. <laughs> like, and here's to help you feel a lot better. I think that helps me. Yep. Absolutely. Um, that's so, so wonderful. And I've seen it in other places with other moms, like on Instagram and it's, it seems to be doing very well and it's, it's delicious. And yeah. We just, we're launching, uh, oh my God, I can't believe it. On the first, we're going to all of California and five surrounding states. Wow. For delivery. That's amazing. <laughs> that's crazy. <gasps> that's so, so yeah, exciting. Like, I was going to say, yeah, where, where can one, where can one find, you know, but it is, but in this state and yeah in cali and i mean we're working our way over the east coast i have so many moms on the east coast like please i'm trying i'm trying it's just logistically very difficult and it kind of takes you know the whole environmentally friendly thing away when you're overnighting yes yeah (laughs) airport right yeah right the so we're 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 finding we're finding that happy modern medium Mm. but yeah so it'll be all of cali um nevada Arizona, like Phoenix, Tucson, and then like up north, Seattle, Portland. Okay. We're going to be shipping. I'm so Amazing. excited. So cool. Congratulations. Thank That's you. so, so impressive. I mean, yeah, to do that with having a little one is amazing and so inspiring. I have a lot. I have help. I have help. <laughs> yeah. But like, just, you know, like it's like, it's the village notion. It like, is. To accept the help is, is key. And yeah. then, because then you're able to... Yeah, celebrate different sides of yourself. Like you said, it doesn't have to be a working mom or a stay-at-home mom. You can you can be both yeah. and celebrate both. And um, yeah, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. Thank you. Thanks so much for yeah. sharing your story and journey. And there's so many like nuggets of of important, valuable lessons in there that there is. It kind of it kind of rings. There's such a like theme with birth, and it comes yeah. up a lot. But it's just so nice when people can share what is for them and so thank you so much yeah thank you for having me yeah thanks for listening to milk trails i'm your host and midwife Haley oaks be sure to visit midwifemilktrails.tumblr.com to access the show's notes view photographs or leave your comments stay tuned about new episodes by subscribing to the podcast on itunes and tell all your pregnant friends about it we'll catch you next time Milk Trails Podcast is part of the Parents on Demand Network, a podcast network devoted to parents and families. Here's another podcast on the network that you might enjoy.
I'm Dr. Elliot Berlin, host of the Informed Pregnancy Podcast, where each week we interview experts, celebrities, new and expecting parents, and search for unbiased information on the most pressing topics for growing families. Check out our expansive and growing library on the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're on the Pod Network and all major podcast apps, or visit us online at informedpregnancy.com.